Tonight's message is entitled Yeshua, Our Permanent Atonement. So, young means day. Kippur, Kippur means atonement. That is Hebrew kapara. To purge, to cleanse, to purify, or to cover, or to conceal. This year, the High Holy Days began on Yom Teruah, the Feast of Trumpets. The day began at the evening of the 29th of Elul and ended on the evening of Tishri 2. And so now we've been in the next 10 days of awe, the days of repentance. On this very evening, Kol Nidri, all vows, and we heard Brother Tim sing those. We started the process of the responsive readings, all vows. And so the Kol Nidri Yom Kippur service starts this evening at sundown when we see the three stars in the sky. And it ends on the evening of Yom Kippur Day, the Day of Atonement, Tishri 10, at sundown, October the 5th. But that's not the end of the high holy days for the Lord and for his people. Sukkot, the Feast of Tabernacles, or booth, begins on the evening of Tishri 14, which is Sunday, October 9th, in the evening. And it ends on Tishri 22, which is Monday, October the 17th, this year, 2022. So Yom Kippur, the Day of Atonement, is the most sacred of all the high holy days of Adonai's calendar. Turn with me now to the book of Vayikra, Leviticus chapter 16. Leviticus, Vayikra, chapter 16. And verse 1. And Adonai spoke with Moshe after the death of Aharon's two sons. When they tried to sacrifice before Adonai and died, Adonai said to Moshe, Tell your brother Aaron not to come at, any, at just any time into the holy place, beyond the curtain, in front of the ark cover, which is on the ark, so that he will not die because I appear in the cloud over the ark cover. Here is how Aharon is to enter the holy place with a young bull as a sin offering and a ram as a burnt offering. He is to put on the holy linen tunic, have the linen shorts next to his bare flesh, and have the linen sash wrapped around him, and be wearing the linen turban. They are the holy garments. He is to bathe his body in water and then put them on. He is to take from the community of the people of Israel two male goats for a sin offering and one ram for a burnt offering. Aharon is to present the bull for the sin offering, which is for himself and make atonement for himself and his household. He is to take the two goats and place them before Adonai at the entrance of the tent of meeting. Then Aharon is to cast lots for the two goats, one for Adonai and the other for Azel. 
Aharon is to present the goat whose lot fell to Adonai and offer it as a sin offering. But the goat whose lot fell to Azel is to be presented alive to Adonai to be used for making atonement over it by sending it away into the desert for Azel. Aharon is to present the bowl of the sin offering for himself. He will make atonement for himself and his household. He is to slaughter the bowl of the sin offering, which is for himself. He is to take a censer full of burning coals from the altar before Adonai and his hands full of the ground fragrant incense and bring it inside the curtain. He is to put the incense on the fire before Adonai so that the cloud from the incense will cover the ark cover, which is over the testimony, in order that he may not die. He is to take some of the bull's blood and sprinkle it with his finger on the ark cover toward the east and in the front of the ark cover. He is to sprinkle some of the blood with his finger seven times. Next, he is to slaughter the goat of the sin offering, which is for the people, and bring its blood inside the curtain and do with its blood as he did with the bull's blood sprinkling it on the ark cover and in front of the ark cover. He will make atonement for the holy place because of the uncleanliness of the people of Israel, because of their transgressions, all their sins. He is to do the same for the tent of meeting, which is there with them right in the middle of their uncleanliness. No one is to be present in the tent of meeting, from the time he enters the holy place to make atonement until the time he comes out, having made atonement for himself, for his household, and the entire community of Israel. Then he is to go out to the altar. That is before Adonai make atonement for it. He is to take some of the bull's blood and some of the goat's blood and put it on all the horns of the altar. He is to sprinkle some of the blood on it with his finger seven times, thus purifying and setting it apart from the uncleanliness of the people of Israel. When he's finished atoning for the holy place, the tent of meeting and the altar, he is to present the live goat. Aaron is to lay his hands on the head of the live goat and confess over it, all the transgressions, the crimes, and the sins of the people of Israel. He is to put them on the head of the goat and then send it away into the desert with a man appointed for that purpose. The goat will bear all their transgressions away to some isolated place. And he's to let the goat go into the desert. Aharon is to go back into the tent of meeting where he is to remove the linen garments he put on when he entered the holy place. He is to leave them there and then he is to bathe his body in the water in the holy place and put on his other clothes and come out and offer the burnt offerings and the burnt offerings of the people thus making an atonement for himself and for the people. 
He is to make the fat of the sin offering go up in smoke on the altar. The man who let go of the goat for Azel is to wash his clothes and bathe his body in water. Afterwards, he may return to the camp. The bull for the sin offering and the goat for the sin offering, whose blood was brought in to make atonement in the holy place, is to be carried outside the camp. They are to be burnt up completely, their hides, their meat, and their dung. The, pers burning, the person burning them is to wash his clothes and bathe his body in water, and afterwards he may return to the camp. It is to be a permanent regulation. For you on the tenth day of the seventh month or you are to deny yourselves and not do any kind of work, both citizen and foreigner, living with you. For on this day, atonement will be made for you to purify you. You will be clean before Adonai from all your sins. It is a Shabbat of complete rest for you, and you are to deny yourselves. This is a permanent regulation. The Kohen, anointed and consecrated, to be the Kohen in his father's place will make atonement and he will put on linen garments, the holy garments. He will make atonement for the especially holy place. He is to make atonement for the tent of meeting and the altar. And he will make atonement for the koinine, the priests, and for all the people of the community. This is a permanent regulation for you to make atonement for the people of Israel because of all their sins once a year. And Moshe did as Adonai had ordered him. That's pretty clear, is it not? But we have a big problem, do we not? There's no longer a Mishkan, a tabernacle. And there's no longer a temple. So Yom Kippur has long been considered the most holy day in Jewish biblical calendar. The name itself describes the history of the holy day. It was on this very day, once a year, that the high priest would enter the Holy of Holies and make atonement for the nation. In a word, Yom Kippur illustrates the regeneration for those who follow God's way of atonement. Maybe wondering, why did the Lord kill those two other priests, the sons of Aharon? It's because they brought strange fire and they did not obey the Lord. And in their disobedience, the Lord slayed them. And after that, the Lord gave greater details. Because it's not the Lord's desire to put us to death if we disobey him. Our Heavenly Father disciplines those whom he loves. Vaikra Leviticus 16 goes on to great detail about the ceremony as we just read. Centered on the sacrifices of these two goats. One goat is called in the Hebrew... Hatat, 
was to be slain as a blood sacrifice, symbolically covering the sins of Israel. See, these are only types and shadows of the sacrifice that was yet to come. That our eternal high priest, Yeshua, was not only the high priest, but he was actually the sacrifice for the permanent atonement for our sins. The other goat was called Azel or scapegoat. And we would be brought in before the high priest. The high priest, as it said in the scripture, would lay his hands upon its head of the goat and he confessed the sins of the people. But instead of slaying this animal in the traditional fashion, the goat would be set free into the wilderness, symbolically taking the sins of the nations out from their midst. If you ever notice that Yeshua, when he was put upon that execution stake, he died outside the city proper, outside the area of Jerusalem. Continuing, what a picture this must have been of God's gracious provision, atonement and forgiveness by way of vicarious sacrifice. This theme of Yom Kippur made it a permanent holy day in ancient Israel. Likewise, because of its proximity to Yom Chua, 10 days earlier, Yom Kippur's theme was all about the more important, was that it started on the first of Teshri, namely repentance to Shuva. Self-evaluation was completed on the 10th of the month. Tishri with atonement and regeneration. There was more important theme in the Holy Scriptures than receiving atonement, sins in God's prescribed manner, only his way. Just like today, there's only one way to the Father. It's through Yeshua, his son. There's no other way. Throughout the Mishkan, the tabernacle and the temple period to today, Yom Kippur has made a special relationship to the Jewish people. In temple times, the observance of the day was more clearly defined. It centered on the sacrifices. Yet in the year 70 common era, however, the temple was destroyed. Hence, the rabbinic rabbis and their theologies had been confronted with some very perplexing questions. How now do we celebrate Yom Kippur without having the proper place of sacrifice? Because the Lord ordained that it would be done in Jerusalem once a year. How do we have Yom Kippur without the proper kapara, the temporary covering, and the sacrifice? So those were the two main questions before these rabbis after the temple was destroyed. The rabbinic rabbis of the first century decided to make substitutions to fill the gap. Notice I did not say that they did not go before the Lord and inquire of him of what to do. They conspired with their own thoughts because the sacrificial system and the way that the koinim, the priests, could not continue. They decided through prayer 
Teshuvah, repentance. Zedakah, charity, to replace the animal sacrifices in the modern observance of Yom Kippur. And this explains why the modern observance is so different than that what was in biblical times. Think about the grace and mercy of God. Because just as those two sons of Aaron erred by bringing unsanctified fire before the Lord, the Lord could have smite these rabbis at that time, but he showed them mercy. There are Orthodox Jewish sects who still see a need for a temple, an animal sacrifice to be revived in the land of Israel. The Temple Mount faithful have already reproduced the holy vessels and priestly garments to prepare for the coming of what? The third temple. They have attempted to place the first cornerstone on the Temple Mount in Jerusalem and strongly believing that such a structure will be built soon. While the vast majority of Jews see these things as a totally aberration, it nonetheless points out the need for atonement as spoken in the Bible. If one looks carefully at the modern synagogue observance of Yom Kippur, it's not hard to see that the theme is still there, although submerged by what? Traditions of men. Now let's look at the traditional Jewish observance. Yom Kippur is considered the logical extension of what was started on Yom Truah, Rosh Hashanah. In fact, the 10 days between Yom Truah and Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur take on a whole new holy significance. They are called Yomin Noraim, the days of awe. And so traditional Jews, as well as many non-traditional Jews, spend these days looking inward, seeing how their inner life might be, be more pleasing to God. Personal relationships are now being evaluated. Forgiveness and restitution are offered where needed. Reconciliation is now attempted. As the, end, as the evening of the 10th of Tishri approaches, special preparations are made. Vayikra Leviticus 23 says that on Yom Kippur, Israel is to humble your soul. This is taken on based on the word in Hebrew, Oni, to mean fast, in context with Yeshiahu, which is Isaiah 58.5. This word is used specifically for going without food. While I believe that on Yom Kippur is the only biblical mandated fast, it would be good to note that other days that rabbinical, not messianic, but rabbinical Judaism has considered to be fast days. On the fast of Tisha B'Av, the ninth of Av, usually in the month of August, is observed by religious Jews to mourn numerous tragedies that struck on that day. Among these sad events are, remembered, are the destruction of both the first and the second temple. In Jerusalem, in 586 before the Common Era and 70 Common Era respectively, and the expulsion of Jews from Spain in the year 1492. Are we taught a poem in school? Christopher Columbus 
sailed the ocean blue in the year 1492. But our Jewish people were kicked out of Spain, continuing. This is a total fast like Yom Kippur with scroll of lamentations read to recall that tragic history. The 10th of Tibet around early December, which marks the beginning of the siege against Jerusalem in 586 before the Common Era, is another minor fast. The fast of Esther, Hadassah, usually in the months of February or March, recalls the days of fasting and prayer before the deliverance recalled at Purim. The 17th of Tammuz, which is July, commemorates the breach of the walls of Jerusalem in 586 before the Common Era. And the fast of Gedaliah, the third of Tishri, usually in September, points to the assassination of the last king of the first temple period. While there is no direct commandment to observe these fast days, they are mentioned in scripture. Now for Messianic believers, both Jews and Gentiles, one in Messiah. In a significant verse in Zechariah, he foresees a time when these days of mourning will be all forgotten. In the days of Messiah, as it is written, the word of the Adonai Zavaot, the Lord of hosts, came to me. Adonai Zavaot says, the fast days of the fourth, the fifth, the seventh, and the ten month are to become times now of joy, gladness, and cheer for the house of Yehuda. Therefore, love, truth, and peace. Zechariah 8.19 Won't that be a wonderful when these days of mourning are finally turned into joy in the presence of Yeshua, our Messiah. Nonetheless, Yom Kippur stands alone as a biblical fast day. Before sundown, when the fast begins, it is customary to have a holiday meal. In fact, it is a requirement in order to make the fast day set apart. As with other holy days, the table is set with the best of the dishes, White is usually the appropriate color for linen and dishes. White is still an appropriate color for linens and clothing also. It symbolizes the hope of the high holidays and the cleansing of us from our sins. For is it not recorded in Yeshiahu Isaiah 118? Come now, says Adonai. Let's talk it over. Notice that. He wants to communicate with his people. Even if your sins are like scarlet, they will be white as snow. Even if they are red as chrism, they will be white as wool. The two candles here are lit and the blessings are said over the challah bread and also the sweet wine. After the festive meal, just before dark, Yom Kippur commences along with a fast. The fast continues from sundown on the 9th of Tishri until sundown on the 10th of Tishri. When we Jews fast, we take it very seriously. No food, and for some, not even water. Jews are encouraged to abstain from all luxuries for those 24 hours. No unnecessary bathing. Remember, we're not supposed to be working. And entertainment. The rabbis are quick to point out that the fast is only 
applicable to healthy adults past the bar mitzvah age, which is approximately age 13. That's either for bar mitzvah or bat mitzvah. The evening of the holy days, Erev Yom Kippur, is the most holy occasion of the spiritual year. Jews flock to the local synagogues to attend, just like what we're doing tonight, a Kol Nidre service. Kol Nidre is a special cantorial prayer asking God for the release from any vows that we have been taken inappropriately. The origin of this petition dates back to the Middle Ages when many of Jews were forcibly converted into the church, yet still wanted to maintain their connection with their people. The evening service continues with traditional prayers and songs from the Jewish prayer book, calling Israel to atonement in God. Yom Kippur takes on the feel of the most holy Shabbat. Just think about that. On Saturday, we celebrate Shabbat. And then on Sunday, last Sunday, another Shabbat. And here is this evening, yet another Shabbat. These are holy set times appointed by the Lord. So Jewish worshipers continue to fast that started on the previous evening and likewise attends a synagogue services the next day. Traditional liturgy and prayers and music emphasize the theme of the day for it's believed that judgment will come at the close of Yom Kippur. Prayers fervently request as Jews, we be written in the book of life for at least just one more year. Remember, it's only a temporary covering. But through Messiah, by his blood and his sacrifice, we have a permanent cleansing of from all unrighteousness. And our, our names have been inscribed in the Lamb's Book of Life for all eternity. The Holy Day closes with an important milah service, the closing of the gates. The final blast of the shofar is sounded. It is thought that the fate of each individual is sealed at that time for that upcoming year. Naturally, we hope for a sweet and blessed spiritual year, which is illustrated in the break in the fast meal, which follows at sundown. Tasted first is a sweet wine, which is blessed in the, in the traditional manner. Next, the sweet challah bread, or the honey cake is eaten as a reminder of the sweet new year that we have hope to experience. For most of us Jews, this is but an optimistic hope that our sins have been atoned for. But we as believers in Messiah, both Jews and Gentiles, can rejoice in confidence, full confidence that the Messiah has indeed paid the price that God the Father has required. Yom Kippur in the Brit Hadishah, the New Covenant. This holy day, Yom Kippur, contains important truth for the believer in Yeshua. In fact, any holy day deserves special recognition by believers. Yom Kippur should be at the very top of this list. Not surprisingly, there are a number of references to this important, the importance of this day in the Brit Hadashah, the New Testament. It should not be surprising to discover that Rabbi Rav Shaul of Tarsus 
in his final journey on his famous voyage to Rome, in order to appeal the political charges against him while speaking of the dangerous weather that he that had developed, the writer makes reference to stating it was already past Yom Kippur. Remember, we just completed the book of Acts, Acts chapter 27, 9. This corresponds with the inclement sailing conditions since this would have taken place in the late fall of the year. In Luke 4, 16 through 22, Yeshua called, is called to the Torah in his local synagogue in Nazareth. And after reading a powerful passage from Yeshiahu Isaiah 61, he delivered a simple yet stunning message claiming to the, be the Messiah and the Anointed One who would set the captives free. Some of the classical rabbis believed that this passage would be the very words that Messiah would speak to Israel when he came. Rabbi David Kimichi, as quoted in the Manual for Christians' Evidences for the Jewish People, Volume 2, page 76. In fact, that this passage speaks of the Messiah as the liberator of the Jewish people, led other rabbis to speculate that Messiah would appear on a very special Yom Kippur in the year of Jubilee. Where is that found? But in the book of Vaikra, Leviticus 25.10. The world would endure not less than 85 jubilees, Yovel. In the last jubilee, Messiah, the son of David, would come. That's written in their own Talmud, Sanhedrin 97b. Another interesting element is that the passage of Yeshiahu, Isaiah 61, is no longer read in the traditional one cycle of the readings in the synagogue. Yet it is known that the first century service was based on a three-year cycle, which was more expanded. Hence, Yeshiahu Isaiah 61 might logically have been tied to the reading in close proximity, namely Yeshiahu Isaiah 58, and, and coincidentally, Isaiah 58 is this current synagogue reading for every Yom Kippur service. But they skip 61 because it points towards Messiah. Such information has led some scholars to conclude not only that Yeshua was presenting a dramatic message about his Messiahship, but that this event actually took place at their Yom Kippur service. As spoken by Alfred Edersheim. He mentions this view by Bengal in the Life and Times of Jesus the Messiah, book 3, page 452. So this was not a bad time for Yeshua to publicly speak the words that Messiah was to speak to Israel. Now let us look now to the prophetic fulfillment. We see that the theme of Yom Kippur can be clearly understood by its name. The Day of Atonement was typographically foretold in the sacrifices and the service of the Holy Day, Yom Kippur in the Brit Hadashah, 
The New Testament takes on a special significance as we see Yeshua now being presented as the Messiah and paying now the price on the execution stake, the cross. Yet Yom Kippur, as other high holy days, is not limited to the historical lesson. It was a prophetic truth to teach all believers in Yeshua, both Jews and Gentiles. The prophet Zechariah spoke of a future day of repentance when the God will pour out his spirit in the latter days. And they will look to the one whom they pierce, Zechariah 12.10 declares. This fits the description of Yom Teruah, or Rosh Hashanah, in the prophetic sense, a time of repentance beginning. What follows in chapter 13 is quite revelant. Zechariah says these words, When that day comes, a spring, a fountain will open up for the house of David, and the people living in Jerusalem to cleanse them from their sin of impurity. Zechariah 13.1 After Yom Teruah, Rosh Hashanah, comes Yom Kippur. After repentance comes regeneration. Such is the promise for all Israel as she will supernaturally experience the fulfillment of Yom Kippur and the return of the second coming of Messiah Yeshua. This corroborates the word given by Rav Shaul when he said this. For brothers, I want you to understand this truth, which God formerly concealed, but has now revealed, so that so you will not imagine you know more than you actually do. It is that stoniness to agree has come upon Israel until the Gentile world enters into its fullness, and that it is this way that all Israel shall be saved. As the Tanakh reveals, out of Zion will come the Redeemer. He will turn away ungodliness from Yaakov, and this will be my covenant with them. When I take their sins away, Yeshiahu, Isaiah 59, 20 through 21, and 29, 9, and also Romans 11, 25 through 27. This prophetic fulfillment of Yom Kippur, the final atonement at the second coming of Yeshua, for us believers, both Jews and Gentiles, one and Messiah, his bride, we will all be coming back with him at the second coming of Messiah Yeshua, the King of Israel, in preparation for setting up his millennial kingdom on this earth. What a picture of Yom Kippur is. We can rejoice in our atonement, in Yeshua this very day. Yet pray for the realization, the blessed hope to come to all Jewish people who currently have the veil over their eyes. Now finally, a practical guide for Messianic believers in Messiah Yeshua. For believers in Yeshua, both Jews and non-Jewish, the observance of Yom Kippur can hold a very special significance. The repentance that started on Yom Teruah Rosh Hashanah comes to its culmination with an atonement 10 days later. As with traditional Jewish community, those 10 days of Yomim Naraim can take on a spiritual meaning 
as we meditate on the meaning of the high holy days. Although there are no, not many customs directly relating to those 10 days in between, the message could be applied to a believer's daily meditation at the time. Traditional readings form from the book of Jonah, Hosea, chapter 14, and other pertinent passages can enhance one's appreciation for the season. With Erev Yom, Yom Kippur approaching late in the afternoon on the 9th of Tishri, special remains are made to usher in the holiest day of the year. Since it's called Shabbat, the general customs for Shabbat are in order. Yom Kippur will be a fast day for most, so that the late afternoon holiday meal becomes more vital. The table then is set in preparation with the best while linen and silver are set. Throughout the high holy days, white holds a special meaning as it symbolizes our hope for purity and also for forgiveness. The wine is blessed with a kiddush. The challah similarly and a, a, a delicious dinner is then served which may include sweet dishes to represent the sweet new year of forgiveness. As the sun set that evening, the fast begins. And some believers question whether to fast since they are already forgiven in Messiah, Yeshua. True, we as believers, we do not have to fast to obtain forgiveness. Yet there are some benefits of fasting. Nonetheless, Yeshua himself spoke of the blessings of the fast, although the question of salvation has already been settled for those of us who have faith in Messiah Yeshua. Believers are still in constant need of returning to a pure walk with Abba, Father God. And if we look at our daily lives, is, is that not true? We have sins to confess and to repent of. Did not the Lord give us 1 John 1, Yohanan 1, 7 through 9. Fasting can sensitize our spirits to the heart of God. Many Messianic Jews and Gentiles fast on Yom Kippur for other reasons also, as it is the one day of the religious year on which Jews around the world are packed into the synagogues. Growing up as a boy, if you did not have a ticket, you couldn't, you couldn't come in. So you had to buy tickets. I came from a poor family. So there were older men in, in, in the synagogue that would actually buy me a ticket. And they would have their son stand by the door. Is Frank coming? Yes, he's on his way. And then I would come. I'd usually have to sit in the back, but that was fine. So continuing here. Many Messianic believers have found it to be a special day to pray for the salvation of Israel. Romans 10, 11, and 11, chapter 11, uh, 26 through 27. Yeshiyahu, Isaiah 28, 16, and also 59, 20 through 21, and also Isaiah 27, 9. I know you can't write all those down. That's why it's recorded. We are to celebrate the true meaning of Yom Kippur, the Day of Atonement in Messiah Yeshua. Many Messianic Jews and Gentiles fast on Yom Kippur for another reason also. And it is the one day that the, of the religious year on which Jews around the world are now packed in the synagogue and praying. 
Many Messianic believers have found it to be a special day to pray for the salvation of Israel. We are to celebrate the true meaning of Yom Kippur, the Day of Atonement, in Messiah Yeshua. So blessed be the Lord who has secured our salvation in Yeshua the Messiah. And that is what Yom Kippur is all about for those who call upon his name. He gave that promise in the scripture that anyone who calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And so, Father, we intercede for the Jewish people around the world to come to know Messiah. Rent the veil from their eyes that they can see Messiah, the gift from God the Father. May they be reconciled in repentance, teshuva, and may their hearts be circumcised that they may have a heart of flesh so that you will write your Torah upon their hearts. They will no longer do anything that is displeasing in your sight. And that's our heart's prayer, that our names will be inscribed in the book of life, the Lamb's book of life. We ask this in Yeshua's name. Amen.